Hello and welcome to Financial Education for the Nation. My name's Warren Shute and I'm here today with you as kind of a special coronavirus investing, navigating the coronavirus through your investments edition. I've been sending out um, periodic updates to um, my followers and also my clients from Lexington Wealth just to tell them what I believe is going on with relation to the markets and the coronavirus. And I thought I would just give this special um, recording attention about investments, how it is. So I'm just going to refer to my notes a little bit, um, but just to keep me on track because I don't want to go off track because I put this together. Thought, this is really important and salient. <clears throat> so. Firstly, let me explain what I think is going on out in the marketplace. Uh, there are three things at play here. The first thing is obviously the virus. The virus is affecting the majority, almost the majority of the world. It's going across every single country. No one seems to be able to escape this. That's causing mass uncertainty. What the stock markets hate is mass uncertainty. So the second thing at play is the markets. That's affecting the markets. We're getting volatility in the markets both ways. When the markets are volatile and certain, it affects the economy because people cut back and we're seeing job losses, closures, and everything else. Until the virus is under control, until we have some kind of um, cure or treatment, or until we see that it is, uh, the numbers are being contained, the stock market won't get any confidence. Until the stock market gets any confidence, it won't recover and rebound, and therefore the economy itself won't recover and bounce. There's kind of like three stages. The first thing is the virus. What we're looking for is not necessarily um, the virus to be contained, but potentially the, the, the perception that it's now under control, that it's not going to get any worse. Because as long as the markets realize that it's not going to get any worse, they'll then forward price in activity, innovation, what's going on, and then they'll start building confidence Profits will be able to start being built through the companies. The market will take off. And then I think it's going to be some months after we'll see the economy return. And the reason it's going to be some months after is um, there's going to be a serious lag um, from these companies going from zero back up to full capacity again. Um, it's exceptionally likely we're going to see tax rate rises going forward. Um there's got to be a way for these governments to pay down this trillions, plural, of dollars of debt that they've injected into the economy. Um, it's unprecedented. I did some sums, and the first round of government stimulus um, in the UK was bigger than the financial crisis in its entirety. Um, don't be surprised if there's not more to come um, in different areas. There's certainly be more quantitative easing, which is where most of us are familiar with now, where the government buys into the markets, normally buying government bonds, but the US have bought corporate bonds, which is unprecedented. Um, and that will be a global thing. And I think that will really kick off once the virus is under control to give the markets a bit of a kickstart, a bit of a stimulus. Um, there's generally three ways monetary policy can um, stimulate the, the economy. First way is through interest rates. That's the first lever. So interest rates are high. They drop interest rates down. It makes borrowing cheaper uh, and then allows people to have more disposable money. They did that immediately. We went into this with low interest rates, but they did that immediately. Interest rates down went down in the UK at 0.1%. Probably unlikely to go negative. There are countries in Europe that are negative. 
they've done their interest rates. The monetary policy, one, they've done. Number two is the quantitative easing. They started quantitative easing straight away. They've done some of that. I don't think they want to do a ton of that just yet because I think that's a, a later in the play mark. But quantitative easing three is what we would term as helicopter money when they literally put money in the hands of the, the public, the recipients. In the financial crisis in the States, they literally sent checks out um, to the um, public. What they've done in the UK is they've guaranteed wages. So they've guaranteed 80% of their wages uh, as an employed person or 80% of profits of a self-employed person. They've guaranteed they've backed some loans. They've relaxed the laws on benefits, you think, or universal credit if you're unable to claim on the other things. So they've gone straight to MP3, what I would term as MP3, money policy three. Um, so this is all given the market's confidence. And you can see since the US particularly came out of that $2 trillion package, the markets have had some kind of stability. Nobody knows what the future is going to hold. So don't take this as gospel. But it's my opinion that things will get possibly a little bit worse before they get better. And that kind of brings me on to where we are now. So if we look from a high to a low, everyone talks about, oh, the markets are down from a high. From the maximum drop in the FTSE um, All Share, which is the UK broadest index, I'm referring to my notes, just shy of 34%. Now, in the financial crisis, we were tipping around 50 Okay, so we're, we're not quite as extreme measures as we were in the financial crisis. Um, the US was again around about 34% and the world market was again around about 33%. So you can see from a high to a low, there's a big drop um, of a third in the market index. Now, everyone talks about the maximum drop. Now, it's interesting to know where we are, but I kind of give the analogy about your weight. And I always bring uh, analogies back to fitness and health and stuff because there's so many interactions. But... If you measured your success on your weight now compared to your lowest weight, probably when you were in your teens or 20s, you're really going to beat yourself up all the time because it's really unlikely. and It's such an extreme measure. Whereas actually what would be more reasonable would say, OK, well, actually year on year, my weight's staying this or so. And when things are going well, we always measure year on year returns. But for some reason, when things are going poorly or extreme, we measure measure extreme returns. And it, it it's not congruent. So year on year, um, the world markets are down about 12 percent. You know, the, the uh, U.S. markets at the moment is down about 11 and a half. World markets just shy of 13. FTSE All Share is down about 24. That might have something to do with a lot of oil companies in there as well. Um, because the oil companies have been hit by the Russia-Saudi um, oil trade talks so when oil's been hit. <coughs> Excuse me. So you, when you're looking at the markets, let's look at a year figure um, as opposed to the extreme. Let's not try and beat ourselves up. If we're going to always look at years, let's keep things consistent. So world markets are down about 12, 13% from the peak uh, over the last 12 months, which isn't reasonably isn't too bad really isn't generally too bad um, if we relate that back into actual investment portfolios we're down 100 percent market down about 18 percent over the year um most typical portfolios down about 10 that's a 60 40 portfolio so 10 percent drop in your portfolio for most people is fairly acceptable um you know it, it's not and remember we always say 50 percent of the equity exposure so it should you should accept in your portfolio. So if you're 100 percent equity in your investment portfolio, accept a 50 percent reduction or a half 
um, at any extreme time. So we're nowhere near those measures at the moment. Um, and that's why I feel that there is scope if things got worse. Uh, and I'm going to come on to in a second what I think you should be doing um, about that. Um, just so you're aware, our bond portfolio, which is basically no equity at all, is actually up over the last year. Only marginally, only about a couple of percent, but it is actually up in positive territory. So you can see the extremes. There, and this is why you asset allocate a portfolio. This is why you have equities and why you have bonds in your portfolio. And this is also why we invest globally. We don't invest with a home bias. Some more traditional advisors might invest with a home bias, i.e. have half of your equity exposure in the UK. Uh, it's a bit of an outdated um, model now. You can see the FTSE All Share is down 24% over last year, whereas the world market is only down about 12 so having a broad international diversification and typically only having about 8 or 10% maximum in the UK is fairly reasonable. Um, that would be an accept or reasonable sort of um, asset allocation of your portfolio. And for you listening, if you're DIY doing this on your own, the easiest way for you to get this exposure is through a global passive fund. Now, if you go to lexo.co.uk, we have our portfolios up there. These are passive funds, evidence-based, so they're not index trackers because there's a bit more work or um, research done behind it. We don't just broadly track the index. There's a bit more um, research behind it so that we buy profitable companies. We filter out those highly regulated companies that are difficult to trade. Um, and it gives you a better long-term experience. We tilt the portfolios towards small cap and value. Um, so there's lots of things behind the, the scene. So um, if you don't want to use Lexo, then go for an index tracker. That's what I believe. My personal opinion is that's better than an active managed fund. Um, but if you can, if you are able to, go to lexo.co.uk and use a dimensional um, um, portfolio on there. It gives you that little extra edge over everybody else. So... Another thing to um, mention here before we get into everything else is um, rebalancing. Now, rebalancing is um, a process where you keep your portfolio aligned with the original asset allocation. So say, for example, we start on a 60-40, so 60% equities, 40% bonds. We keep the portfolio aligned to that measure. And as the stock market falls, if you're 60% equities, that 60% is going to drop down to potentially 50%. And then if you're 50, 50 then, aren't you, in your asset mix? Rebalance would mean you sell some of your bonds to buy some of your equities. And you're buying when it's cheap. It's really important, folks, that you continuously rebalance through this process. It is very important you continuously rebalance through this process to make sure your portfolio is aligned. And also during the recovery, that you continually rebalance through the upside as well. Because as you recover, what you'll then be doing is selling the equities as they grow and banking the gains. But keeping your risk profile the same. It's very important. And if you look at the um, 60-40 portfolio, by rebalancing, you'd have actually gained almost 1% extra return. Now, you might be thinking, well, what's the point at 1%? If you're investing for a 25-year period, that's over 25% potentially in your overall returns. It's really important you keep this asset allocation mix the same. And that's why working with a professional advisor does help. Um, but if you don't work with a professional advisor, then at least try and keep it under review yourself. So what should we do? Now, there's going to be dozens of people here watching. Some of you are in cash wanting to invest and now thinking, oh, my God, should I do it? Um, some of you will be investing for income. So you're living off your pensions or your investment portfolio. Some of you will already be investing, putting money away and investing for growth. So I'm going to try and touch on the three categories there um, and hopefully give you some kind of overall uh, thought of what's going on. Sorry, there's a wasp in the room. I keep flicking my eye over to it. <coughs> so. 
if you're investing for income, okay, um, you've got to make sure you've got your asset allocation right. If you're not um, investing just yet, you've got to make sure that you're investing for at least five, preferably seven years, okay? So there's a time horizon there. So um, if you're investing for growth, it's got to be five to seven years or more. If, you, if you're thinking, okay, I'm going to buy a house in three years' time, it's a good idea to buy some equities, it's not. Honestly, it's not. We don't know how long this market recovery will take. Um, typically, it's going to be about 18 months, two years, but we don't know. So don't be disappointed. If you're investing for less than five years, just keep it in cash or cash equivalents. If you're investing, it's got to be five, seven years or more. Um, so if you're an income investor, this is how we allocate our portfolios for our clients. Um, 12 months of your expenditure or your income requirements held in cash. That's your pot one. Um, and then you want to have at least five years of your income requirements in bonds. And I mean bonds by being short to medium term bonds, not long term bonds. OK, so short to medium term bonds um, held in lower risk. Sorry, five years of your income in lower risk bonds, short to medium term duration. And then the balance in equities. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means you shouldn't really be in a 100 percent equity portfolio because there's no bonds in it. Um, we generally say a safe withdrawal rate, the amount of money you can take from your portfolio will be about 4% of the original investment. So at 4% original investment, at most you should be took, looking at around about an 80-20 portfolio, 80% stock market, 40% bonds. Um, but most typically what we tend to find people doing is a 60-40 portfolio. So 60% stock market, 40% bonds. Um, so if you think 4% of the original investment I've got uh, is my income rate, I've got 40% in bonds, so I've got about 10 years in fairly low-risk investments. So I've got a year in cash, plus 10 years in um, bonds, and I've got 60% of my balancing money, approximately, in growth money, which is hopefully going to give some kind of return to recoup some of the losses I'm going to receive, I'm going to take by taking the money out of the portfolio. So a 60-40 portfolio is generally the type of portfolio we would use for people taking an income. Now, sometimes that's too high risk for them and they go for the other. They go for a 40-60. But you know, depending on your risk profile will depend on which portfolio you go to. And that's most important. Get your portfolio aligned to your risk portfolio first and then adjust your income to your portfolio. Don't do the other way around. Don't say, well, I need you know, £10,000 a year income. I've only got this level of portfolio. I need to take more risk to get it. That's the wrong way to go about it. You really must say, right, okay, what's my risk profile? My risk profile is if the markets fell more than 30%, I'd be uncomfortable. Well, if the markets fell 30%, I can double that, 60%. I can generally take about 60% stock market exposure. Okay, 60% stock market exposure, that'd be a 40% fixed income. Okay, got that. Okay, now I can take 4% of the original investments. So I've got my 10 years there. That kind of works for me. <clears throat> if you're a super cautious investor, you're going to find it hard taking 4% income from your portfolio. You really should be like at a 60, 40 or an 80, 20 to do that. The lower your uh, risk profile, you should really start bringing your 4% down to three, three and a half percent as time goes on. So it's quite a complex area. Maybe I'll do an article uh, about it at some point in the future. But in summary, one year of your income held in cash, and that's where you draw your money from. At least five years of your income in fixed income, low risk bonds, that's short to medium term, the balance in global equities. Okay. Typical portfolio for most people doing this will be 60% in the stock market, 40% in bonds. And our income rate from our portfolio is 4% of the original investment. So I'm investing £100,000, 
4% is £4,000 a year. That's my income rate. And if I've got 40% in bonds, I've got roughly 10 years of income there in low-risk bonds plus my one year in cash. <clears throat> okay? Um, and rebalance, rebalance, rebalance. So make sure you're consistently rebalancing, keeping um, your one year in cash. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, you're keeping the portfolio aligned with your risk profile. Now, what about if you are um, a growth investor? You know, you don't need an income. What about if you're a growth investor? Again, you start with your risk profile. It's so important. What I say to you is the market can and will fall 50% in a good experience, a uh, good lifetime as an investor. So if you're investing for, say, 10, 20 years, you're going to experience a 50% retracement pullback in the market before it recovers again. What's really important is you stay invested and you rebalance on the way down and on the way up. If that is too much for you, then you need to dilute your equity exposure. So a 100% stock market can retrace 50%. A 50% stock market can retrace about 25%. So it's about half your stock market exposure. So what you've got to look at is you've got to say, okay, how much can my money go down before I begin to feel uncomfortable and I start questioning this nice guy on the recording here, before I start questioning my own approach and think, oh my God, sell it all, put it into cash. How much can it go down before you begin to feel uncomfortable? Whatever that figure is, double it, and that could be your equity exposure. So let's say, for example, you say a 30% fall in a portfolio. So I've got £100,000 invested. If it went down much before, below £70,000, I'm going to get jittery. I'm not going to like this. I'm going to start questioning everything. Warren said I've got to stay invested. So 30% fall, that's the maximum. Double it, that's 60. 60% equity exposure. That's the level of equity exposure we're looking at taking. And then you make up the balance with short to medium term fixed income. And again, I refer you back to Lexo, and it's not because I want to plug my own site, but I know how these portfolios have been put together. You're not going to have a near Woodford active managed fund in there. You're not going to have a property fund in there that's going to have suspensions and stuff. Um, you know, these are very, very similar portfolios that I use, almost identical portfolios I use on my own clients. The same fund management groups, everything. Um, they work Okay, that doesn't mean they don't go down in value. They do. And I show you that on there. You can graph all the different portfolios. You can see the maximum drawdowns. Um, but over time, I expect these to give you a, um, a good, a commensurate rate of return relative to other investments. Okay, so <clears throat> not trying to overpromise and deliver. They are what I use in my firm. So you've got your risk profile. You decide on what your risk profile is. How much can it go down for long term We double that, put that in equities. The balance is in short to term investments. And you then rebalance. You rebalance. You just keep that aligned with your asset allocation consistently over time. Now, if it means that the markets are going up, it means you're selling equities in buying bonds. So when the market downturn does come, like we're experiencing now, and there'll be others in the future, that you're not overexposed to equities. Because remember, your portfolio will fall by not what your original allocation was, but by the asset allocation it is at the time the market falls. So if you're originally 60-40 and you do nothing about it and you end up at 80-20, it will fall about 40%, which will be more than your original uh, decline was acceptable. So you've got to keep rebalancing the way up, which means selling your good investments and banking the gains. Okay, and you rebalance on the way down, which basically means you're selling your safer investments and buying equities cheaper. You're averaging your price, your ownership price. Um, and that, that's really important. It's a really important thing to do. And it's a very difficult thing to do, I'll be honest. Um, 
both ways, on the way up and the way down, because on the way up, it's counterproductive. You're like, hang on a second. I have clients say, well, why have I got these bonds in my portfolio? They're doing nothing, Warren. Why can't I sell them and put them in equities? Because they're being blinkered. They're blindsided to the fact that actually this time will pass, i.e. the good time will pass, and the markets will come down. And just like this bad period, this uh, worrying period will pass, um, the good times pass too. So it's really important that you keep your asset allocation. And we generally during the course time, rebalance annually. An annual rebalance, generally speaking, is enough. During periods of extreme market volatility, i.e. now, um, you might want to do more interim or extraordinary rebalances just to make sure your portfolio is aligned. Um, and you could probably def define a, a, an extraordinary rebalance by some, when the market moves more, say, 5% or so. Um, so you can just get in there and rebalance your portfolio, bring it back into line. So <laughs> once if you haven't invested at all, once if you're in cash, you've been meaning to get into the market, you just haven't got into the market. This is a buying opportunity, guys. It really, really is. You know, this is the best opportunity you'll experience for a long time. Will the markets recover? Yes, I, I, they will. I can't say they will because that's not true because I don't know. We're not in the future. But come on, they always have recovered. Innovation, spontaneity, growth. Everything was so strong going into this. We're in a tough period right now, but tough times have been here before and we've come out of them. And I think as long as you invest globally, as long as you invest with, invest with quality, this time will pass and you will then be able to buy these investments at a cheaper price now um, than they were six months ago. And you're already seeing the likes of um, Microsoft and um, Amazon holding their prices, holding their prices because these are quality companies that are working their way through this period now are there going to be bankruptcies are there going to be casualties absolutely you know we've got to look at the cruise companies we've got to look at the airlines retail there's going to be dozens of restaurants and stuff who are really 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 struggling during this time and some of them will not make it <clears throat> and this is why we invest in funds as opposed to direct shares you know because although i say amazon are doing well microsoft are doing well <clears throat> something might come up something might come up and it doesn't do so well okay so by buying into a fund you spread your risk you diversify so unless you are on your ball all the time and this is your profession this is what you want to do why would you buy an individual share there's an argument to say you do it for engagement and enjoyment and i do this with my children because i want to engage them in the process of investing and buying a fund is less enjoyable um, because it's boring um, and it's, it's actually a, a view that a lot of my clients have given me. God, your investment approach works, but it is boring. I don't want it to be exciting. Go and get your excitement from your hobbies, from your family and all things you enjoy doing. We're doing this so we can either retain or grow your wealth. Um, and it has to be a systematic, disciplined approach. So if you're on the sideline and you want to go into in the investments, um, look at investing into mutual funds or collective investments. And remember what I said about your uh, risk profile, get your risk profile done first, and then choose asset allocation. So how much can the portfolio go down before you begin to feel uncomfortable? That's a classic question that you should really ask. How much can your portfolio, your investments go down because they are going to go down before you begin, not until you've lost, you've despaired, but until you begin to feel uncomfortable. Ooh, not like, oh my God, I'm selling, but oh, that, that didn't feel right. That feels uncomfortable. I'm not happy now. Once you nail that, then you know your asset allocation by doubling that fall. So, uh, Chuck Warren, if it went down more than 50%, I'd be uncomfortable. 
great. Double it, 100, you can go 100% equity. It's unlikely, it's not a never, but it's unlikely that your portfolio will go down more than 50%. It has happened in the past, um, I think only once, um, during the financial crisis and the dot-com bubble, two most recent events, the markets fell about 52%. Okay, so they're the, they're the extremes that we look at generally. Financial crisis, sorry, the dot-com bubble was 20 years ago now. So, um, you know, in the last 20 years, they've only fallen 50%. Can they fall further? Yes, they can. Are they likely? Probability? No. Probability, no. So, but you might say, well, 50% too much. Um, let me say 30%. 30%. So I've got £100,000 to invest. You know, if it went down 30%, that brings it down to 70,000 pounds. Ooh, I'm not gonna be happy. I, I, I'll be getting fun, fun, uncomfortable there. So you double your 30, 60, you're a 60, 40 investor. So you go 60% equities, 40% bonds. Now, <clears throat> this is something I came up with. If you have cash on sites, with every 10% fall in the market, you buy in with 20% of your money. Okay, so if you think about it, 10% fall in the market, you buy in with 20% of your money. So you've got 100,000 pounds. Market fell 10%, you take 20,000 pounds, you buy in. Falls another 20, uh, 10%, you take another 20,000, you buy in. Now, we're down about 30% now from the high. You should be taking about 60% of your money and getting it in the market, okay? Now, there's two ways you can do this. You can just invest in your portfolio. And if you're investing for the long term, it's probably the best way of doing it because you're not timing the market. If you're a bit nervous, if you're jittery, I do respect it. And some of our clients will then phase that in over a period of say three months or six months. Okay, but that's a personal choice. It depends on how you feel. If you invested it today and then tomorrow the market fell, you're gonna think, oh my God, that was a mistake. Then yeah, phase it in so you're averaging the price out. If you're pretty good, if you're more of an experienced investor and you just put it in the market and then you're just gonna ignore it, then just pop it in the market and just ignore it. But with every 10% fall in the market, invest 20%. Where I'm coming with that is when the market is down 50%, you should be fully invested. The probability of it going further lower is unlikely. Um, right now, with the market's down from a higher 30%, we're having a lot of clients invest quite a lot of money into the markets. They're seeing this as a good buying opportunity. They're seeing it as cheap. We're talking, you know, a lot of money. So... Um, that doesn't make it right for you, I'll be honest. It's got to be right for you. But you've got to remember, the market will and can go lower. I shouldn't say will. The market can go lower. So just be, you know, have that mindful. But in 10 years' time, in 20 years' time, will the market be higher? Very likely. Very, very likely. So what have I covered? Bit of an overview. So what have I covered? From the high, the market's down about 30%. Okay, but really over the last 12 months, they're down about 10 or 15%. That's really what you should be measuring. You shouldn't really be measuring from a high. We should be looking at 12 month picture. Okay, um, most typical portfolio um, over the last year is down around 10%. That's kind of fairly manageable for most people, I would say. Um, when you're investing, you're either investing for income or growth. There's a slightly different strategy for both. If you're investing for income, we want a year of the money in cash. We want to make sure there's at least, say, five years in low-risk bonds and then the balance in equities. But what dictates that mix is your asset allocation, which dictates that is your risk profile. And remember, whatever your downside risk is, we double it and we can allocate that to equities. So if we say a 30% down uh, recline in the market is your tolerance, then 60% equities, which will be, so 6% equities, 40% in bonds, one year in cash. And we're looking at taking around about 4% at most from the original investment. If we go below a 60-40 mix, that 4% should come down 
as an amount because it's unlikely to be able to withstand, with, uh, withstand that. We're looking for growth. Again, we start with our risk tolerance. That's always where we start. How much can it go down before you begin to feel uncomfortable? If that amount exceeds 50%, then great, full equity. If it doesn't, then we double the amount and we allocate that to equity. We can do some rounding. So say, for example, you say um, a fall of 20% would be my tolerance. You know, 100,000, if it went down to 80, ooh, I'm a bit, bit stuffed there. 20%, double it, it's 40, 40% equity, 60% bonds. Okay, and then we do that and we must rebalance, rebalance on the way down, rebalance on the way up. Normally, annually, moments like this, you might want to do interim rebalances. Hey, that's my way of doing things. Um, it's not the only way of doing things. Hope it's been useful. Please feedback and let me know. And if you get any questions, give me a shout. Thank you very much. This is Warren Shute. It's Financial Education for Nation. And until I speak to you next time, bye bye.